Hello, everybody. It is Jason and Justin. Jesse will be joining us any minute now. Justin, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I heard you just went to the dog park. How fun was that? It was great. It's always nice to get the dog out of the house. I mean, you're I, mean, really I, have, him, I have him kind of in a smaller pen type of deal. So anything that wears him out prior to me being in this room for an hour to two hours will be, will be good. Yeah, you're a good dog owner. <laughs> like a very good dog owner. You're very active. I try. I mean, I, I didn't get a, a golden retriever just to have him get like fat <laughs> and, and unhappy. But <laughs> Man, that golden retriever. I don't know that I've ever seen one. What? I don't know that I've ever seen a fat golden retriever. Oh, they're out there. For sure they're out there. <laughs> but that's good. You haven't seen them because they're not walking. <laughs> I'm Googling fat golden retrievers right now. Oh, there they are. Yep. As any dog can get fat. It doesn't matter the breed. Wow. That's crazy. But um, you guys are not here to talk, uh, hear us talk about uh, dogs and golden retrievers. We're going to talk Scream 6. I'm just waiting on our guests to join us, and uh, we're going to kick that off. It's going to be so much fun. Um, obviously, you guys know I'm a huge sta uh, stan of this franchise. I love all of the movies and um jesse's having trouble so i'm going to resend this link real quick but i'm a huge fan of these movies i love all six of them um in the various levels that i like them they're not too far from where the um the other would be like you know scream five even though it's probably on my lower end it wouldn't it'd still be you know it's a movie i enjoy so uh, Largo's Lair, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, thank you for uh, checking us out. Uh, he's always checking out the Hella Dope show, and you should check out his show, Largo's Lair. A uh, lot of toy discussion, and uh, it's fun. A lot of fun on those shows. Jesse, how you doing, man? Scream 6 star. Yeah, hardly, but yeah, I I'm in there somewhere. I'm the Easter egg. <laughs> how you doing today, buddy? I'm great. How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Doing I had a really nice. good night last night. Awesome. I'm actually going but, uh, to see Scream Six again later tonight. You should go see it six times. You know, just I, yeah, exactly. This will be my fourth, and then I think I'm supposed to go again at least two more times. Uh, this oh, you're already, so. you're already yeah, you're already there. That's great. Exactly. I'm uh, I'm responsible for the big box office, uh, <laughs> big box office scheme. That's 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 all me. Did you see it in 3D yet? I have not seen it in 3D yet. Spoiler alert, of, you, you don't need don't to. Need it looks to, like a yeah. regular movie. Um, I was disappointed. I can only identify that. one shot where I guess I could see the 3D, and that's at the beginning with the slash. I was like, that's probably the only shot that is, you know, you feel like you're watching a 3D movie. I forgot I was watching a 3D movie, like, to a point. There you go. But it's, it's a good movie. I didn't have to pay extra for the 3D, so it's not that big a exactly. deal. But. Let's spoil the heck out of this movie, guys, and yes. let's, let's chat it up. Opening sequence. We start in a bar-ish, bar-slash-restaurant, and uh, we meet a teacher of slasher-horror genre. Uh, what did you guys think of this opening? I really liked it. I really did. Yeah, I, I, I applaud them for finding something new, like structure. Yeah, really. Finding something, yeah, exciting. And, I, you know, I remember, like, yeah, just kind of watching it in the theater and for the first 
you know, five minutes being like, oh, like, I, you know, I love Samara Weaving. Like, I was like, this is great. This is kind of different. She's at a bar. This is, I was like, okay, this is, you know, fun and different. The dialogue's pretty witty. And then, uh, and it takes a hard left. Oh, Real hard. very hard yeah. left. So she gets a call from Ghostface and then, fall, you know, goes down an alley. I don't know that an intelligent woman that studies horror films would actually go down this alley, but that's, that doesn't matter because the sequence is so much fun. She goes down the alley. Gets you know slashed, and then Ghostface takes off the mask. Which, for a second, I'm like, "What is this going to be different? Are we going to know the killers ahead of time?" Yeah, it kind of it freaked the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, same. I didn't know where we were going with it. In, in my stomach, though, I was like, "He has to be murdered." Like, it, we don't know the person that quickly. There's no way. I was like, "Somehow he's dying, or something's changing, or something." But, well, and yeah. here's a little it, kind of inside baseball is. Uh, I'm I'm a little way too in tune to these kind of things, and uh, uh, Samara Weaving and, and Tony they were cast super late into filming. Oh, so even when he took the mask off, I was like, it's not going to be this easy. There's just there's <laughs> no way. There's got to be more to this. Like I knew, I, I mean, I didn't know, but from what I understood, he wasn't on set that long. So I was, I in my head, I was my you know my spider senses were already tingling of like, okay. Good he's not reference. he's not going much further than this. Not yeah. Flash. Uh, yeah, exactly. The flash. Um, but yeah. I think what I really liked the most was they do the fake out opening shot. Like, you know, Ghostface says, Now I see something red and slashes the screen, and you're waiting for the credits. And then they just wait. And I was in the theater mm -hmm. and I literally went, Oh my god, he's gonna take the mask off. Like I just I don't know, I had yeah. a sense when it didn't cut away. I said, Oh my god, he's gonna take the mask off. And then he did, yeah. and I very vocally made noises in the press screening I was in, like, oh! I was, like, so <laughs> pumped. Yeah. Yeah, and then Ghostface starts heading back to his place and, you know, passes Tara and uh, her little group of friends, and which Tara's on her way to Jesse's big scene. I can't wait to get to talk about that. My, yes, my, my big party, yes. Then he goes home and gets a call from Ghostface. Now that, this oh. threw me, too. I'm like... It's not his roommate. It can't be his roommate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I genuinely thought... I'm oh, sorry. No, go no, 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 you go. You go ahead. I, well, when they were kind of on the phone playing hot or cold or whatever, I, not to spoil it, I don't know where Jesse wants to go, but like, I thought it would be in the sink, not the refrigerator. I, I had all my money on him like turning into the sink, but it was, it was not. I, I kind of thought maybe it was his roommate and his roommate was turning on him and we just weren't going to see yeah. what his roommate looked like. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought that, and you know, Jason maybe was his real name and he was giving a fake name or something like that's sort of like, um, yeah, that, that's, that's sort of where I was going with it. But yeah, it was just, it was super fun. Like uh, I was like a kid in a candy shop. I was, I was just vibrating in my seat. What up scene <laughs> snobs? Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, yeah. We, um, yeah, I, I, we all we all understand. Everybody watching that, you know, the realism of two people thinking of doing this killings at the same time probably not going to happen. But it doesn't take right. away from the fun. And yeah, and I like the ghost face call too. Mm -hmm. It's cool. It's different. You know, I like. It's so hard. You're six movies in, and I know that. Like, I think the movies received a bit of criticism for you know the formula a little bit um but you know it's 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 such a hard line to toe you've got to honor what came before and just change it just a little bit like you know give a twist on an old thing and i thought especially in that opening they did that so so well and i know that um 
they the, the directors mentioned in an interview that originally uh, it was uh, Roger L. Jackson on the phone with her at the bar. Uh, and it was going to be a picture of Richie that she was looking at as her date. Uh, and they switched that mm-hmm. in post-production, which I think um, is probably a stronger choice. Because for a second, you're going, like, obviously, you think this is the killer, but you're like, is it the killer? And then, of course, flipping on its head, and then Tony talking to him in the apartment. It's just, I, I love Chef's Kiss. Yeah, it was really good. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, oh my God, so much fun. I, I really love this movie so much. Mm-hmm. But, um, we go to the party now. We're on our way to the party. And um, Tara, you guys are going to have to help me with the, especially you, Jesse, help me with the, uh, yes. the plot threads. So we go to the mm-hmm. party now. And uh, Tara's been drinking. Yes, and... we're kind of reconnecting with everyone. Um, yeah, and she's uh, she's she's going to go upstairs with uh, with bad news Frankie. Or as they, uh, they like to label him later, date rape Frankie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which was uh, Andre, who is a really, really nice guy. He's from, uh, I believe he's from Vancouver, Canada. He was flown in for that. Um, but what I really loved about this whole first section, you know, including uh, Sam in therapy with uh, Dr. Stone, who's played by uh, Henry Cherney, who I worked with years and years ago. Really, really nice guy. Um, is I really felt they, after the great opening, they really take this kind of half hour chunk to mm-hmm. really reintroduce us to everybody. And there's like really nice character moments. And the screams have always been good for this. And I think that's why, you know, more than uh, many other slashers, it kind of stands up is because of the, some of the character work that they really put mm-hmm. in. And especially in this one, the core four, the sisters really feels um, like they did a great job. So yeah, the party we're introduced to, you know, Mindy and Annika are dating now. So we get to reconnect with Mindy. We, we see Chad and his new roommate, Ethan, Jack Champion. Um, yeah, and then of course they see Tara going up the stairs with, you know, date rape Fr- uh, Frankie, and uh, Chad steps up, and there's a bit of a scuffle, and then um, Sam comes and tases him in the balls, and then the real hero of the movie emerges uh, to call her a psycho girl, and then disappears again into the shadows. That's right, the real hero. Yeah, exactly. Until he comes back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the hero character. we all need. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know. He's, but, you're um, going to carry the franchise forward the next three or four movies. I'm, I know it. I feel it. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm available. I know. I, there, there's two ways that I think a sibling would go in a situation mm-hmm. like Sam and Tara when they survive Scream 5. Is one, she would leave, get the hell out of mm-hmm. there. Or two, be so stuck, so far up their ass that they can't do anything. And we got the so far stuck. And I, I really bought this because when she went away, something horrible happened to her sister. So she's like, I'm going to stay close. So that way I can try to help prevent something horrible from happening to my sister. And, um, you know, the twins and her all going to school at the same time. It's very believable. They survived a big horrendous ordeal. And, you know, Tara has a thing for Chad and Chad has a thing for Tara. So they're going to stick close to each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I like this reintroduction to all of them. And like you said, with the therapist, I, I thought the therapist would play a bigger role further in the movie. But um, I, um, I I really liked that entire sequence. We kind of see where Sam's head is at right now. She hasn't seen Billy, her father, in some time. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great, great opening so far. We're really, really. Oh, what a, sorry. What a crappy therapist. You know, like I know, right? I told you the problem. I finally told you the problem, and you're gonna like, okay, get out of here, killer. Like, what? what? So like, my, my 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 father auditioned for that role, 
Uh, okay. And he's um, he's not as big a Scream fan as I am. So, and the sides were all very secretive. So again, I only got my one page when I shot, but I, I, I read for, for Ethan for Jack Champion's role, which again, I was so wrong for, but I read for it. Um, and so I would get the sides, but the sides were all kind of coded. Like uh, in the sides, the, the first scene with Chad and Ethan when they're at the party and he's like, oh, you should go talk to that girl. That scene was written as if he was talking to Tara um, mm -hmm. and the Dr. Stone scene. It wasn't Samantha. It was some other name of no one involved. Uh, but of course, a psycho like me, I read it. I was like, oh, I know what this is. He's talking yeah. to Sam, dad. That's Melissa Barrera's character. This has all happened. This has all happened. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that, yeah, the strength of that opening is so good. Because you see how the, the four of them are all kind of handling it differently. Mm -hmm. You know, Tara's partying, maybe drinking a little too much, um, you know, filling the void. Mindy's kind of dove into this great relationship she has with Annika played by Devin Dakota. Sam is the one who's kind of dealing with it head on, like going to therapy, trying to deal with it because she's kind of the one who's got the most issues. And then you've got, you know, Chad, who's sort of almost seems like the most well-adjusted. Like he's, mm -hmm. he's just, you know, he, he knows what happened. He embraced what happened and he's trying to move on. So I thought, yeah, those four distinct uh, perspectives were really cool too. Yeah, and they're definitely setting something up in the film to follow with uh, Sam's character. But um, what's up, gents? What's up, Sir Sturdy? Check out Sir Sturdy Horror with Sir Sturdy, my uh, co-host on the Scary Snobs. Uh, oh, fun guy. But uh, anyway, yeah, no, I love this sequence. And then we get the line of the entire movie. Exactly. Holy shit, it's that psycho girl, you know? Just coming right. in, stealing hearts. <laughs> you did. Uh, Still my heart. I did in my yeah, theater, yeah. in the theater. I did kind of say loudly, "I know that guy." That's so funny. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm just honestly, I'm just so happy I made the movie. I, I couldn't, I couldn't really believe it. And you, you know, it's funny. I when I when I taped for it with my buddy. I have a buddy. His name is Alex Harouche. He's another massive Scream fan. And we taped um, our auditions in his basement. Again, we both read for Ethan, and we both read for another role that actually got cut of a guy who hits on Mindy at the party. Uh, and she brushes him off because, you know, she's not interested, essentially. And um, we were both reading for it. And he has, a, he has a ghost face mask on his wall. Uh, it was hanging on a hook. And we did the scene. We sat down. And I was like, I don't know, man. I have a good feeling that, like, one of us. And as I'm talking, the mask just went. <laughs> and I was like, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I was like, there you go. Some, something's going to happen. One of us is going to be in this movie. So, yeah, just a fun little uh Little little backstory there. Largo's layers asking, how do they address horror sequel franchises in the storyline? Oh, they do head on. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll get to that in just a few moments. But um, they leave the party. You know, Tara's mad at Sam for uh, stalking her, essentially, mm -hmm. and they head back to their place. And, Not before uh, Sam Taylor, gets kind of uh, Sam, harassed yeah. by someone on the street. Yeah. I got a shout out to, you know, uh, Jenna Weaver-Hughes, who's a friend of mine in Montreal, for that fun little cameo, getting to uh, mix it up a bit with Melissa Barrera. But yes, they go back to the house and we start kind of planting the seeds of the the Chad-Tara romance, which uh, uh, I, I, I think has been a big success. I think people are really responding to that, which is really exciting. Yeah, and we uh, we meet the roommate. Uh, and mm -hmm. we, find out, we find out that her brother died in this scene, right? Yes, and yes, and I think that that's the first time I've had friends re like start tapping me on the shoulder, going, "I don't know about this. There's something, there's something wonky going on here." And also, Quinn, 
is so funny and likable and witty. There's that sense of like, oh God, I hope it's not her, which is always a troubling sign. When you hope it's not someone, a lot of the times that's who it is. Yeah, she was uh, with her boyfriend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What did she say? Or not sexually... her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it sexually proud that she referred to uh, as her, the term of choice? Sex positive. Sex positive. Sex positive. Yeah, sex positive. That was it. Yes. Yeah. That was a good, good line. And then, um, yeah. yeah. And then they. By the way, our, our, our mutual friend uh, Halia Jones uh, read for that role. Sorry, I'm gonna be annoying that way. Halia read for uh, Quinn. No. You're um, fine. You're inside baseball, man. This is perfect. Yeah. yeah. She did a great <laughs> tape. She did a really good tape. Um, but obviously, I mean, Liana was fantastic. But uh, yeah, Halia yeah, did, did, did a really, really cool tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had when we had Halia on a few months ago, or maybe a month ago. She's like, watch for watch watch Scream Six closely. You might see somebody you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, she was a uh, she was one of the few people I told because obviously she's good friends with Mason. Um, so when, uh, she heard, when I told her that I was going to be working with him, she called. And so, you know, Mason was kind enough to, you know, really show me around and introduce me to everybody. And yeah, he's, he's a great guy, but yeah, that was, that was really kind of thanks to Halea that I kind of had a foot in the door when I got there that day. So that, that is awesome. I gave you, you know, mm. more of a positive experience than you probably already would have had. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. Jason uh, takes Manhattan is on in the background of this scene yes. on the TV, which is is it the only one where they take New York until screen? I think I, I gotta think so. I mean, there's probably maybe a lesser known slasher that takes place in New York, or you know, we're being really embarrassing, and there's one that none of us are thinking about right now. But uh, I gotta think since since Jason took Manhattan, this is the first one. And no offense to Jason takes Manhattan, but. I think this one's uh, probably a better film uh, all around. Than that one. Yeah, Jason takes Manhattan. This can't be fun. I, I will say that, but uh, it is. Yeah. Oh, there's it's a blast. There's no question about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never say no to someone wanting to throw on Jason takes Manhattan. But, so then Tara, what? What? I can't remember. Why does Sam and Tara leave the apartment? Um. So they get a call. Uh, they see the news. Okay. Uh, because well, you cut. You, you find out that Sam is seeing. The guy across the hall, Josh Segarra's character, Danny, they're an item. And then Chad comes. You guys have to see this. There's the news. There's been a, a ghost face murder. And Sam's first instinct is we got to get out of town. Oh, She's yeah, grabbing yeah, a knife. Right and Tara goes, slow down. Let's have Quinn call her dad. And it's uh, Detective Bailey, Dermot Mulroney, who goes, you need to come to the station. Because they found your license at the crime scene. Uh, and, of course, they have a pit stop at the bodega on the way to uh, the police station. Uh, I uh, won when um, they said, let's call Sam's daddy's a cop. I'm like, okay, I know I know who the killer is. I I, I figured it out. At least I thought I'd figured it all out at that moment, right. but I, I hadn't yet. I was still developing part of it, but I'm like, mm. all right, I I think I figured this out. But uh, yeah, no, man, when they go to the bodega, in my mind, I'm like, are we going to get a screen movie that just takes place in one night? Like, that would be so intense. I thought so, too. Yeah, I thought it was going to be very contained like that. Um, but let me, uh, let me just uh, backtrack for a second though. I, I let me offer some light criticism for the Scream franchise, which is sometimes a tendency, and I gotta be very careful because everyone knows I love the franchise is I think sometimes if they're guilty of anything, it's, if you look at the new cast, if there's someone that's a little more well-known than the rest, they're most likely the killer. 
Scream 2, yeah. Laurie Metcalf was on Roseanne. Uh, Scream 3, it was, um, what's his name? Uh, Scott Foley, mm-hmm. who was on Felicity at the time. Kind of a bigger name. Mm-hmm. Then you got Emma Roberts and Rory Culkin. Hayden Panettiere was a good red herring in that one. But um, Emma Roberts was big. She was, you know, she's Julie Roberts's obviously uh, cousin or niece. And she was making a big career for herself. Rory Culkin, then Scream 5, Jack Quaid, The Boys. So when Dermot Mulroney was announced, I remember reading that article being like, yeah, boy. <laughs> this uh, this this could be. So that's my light criticism sometimes is me kind of fun if in Scream 7 or whichever one you do next, you hire well-known people as the entire supporting cast. So you yeah. just don't know who's so that that that's what more than anything in the story, the fact that it was Dermot Mulrooney was the thing that made me go, why would he sign on to the sixth movie in a slasher franchise yeah. if it's not something really meaty? So anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. Again, more uh, more the way my broken brain works in figuring these things out. <laughs> I know, man, that's a good theory. That's a really good theory. Uh, so yeah, the bodega scene was intense. Even though we'd seen it in the trailer, I was still on the edge of yeah. my seat because we didn't know how they would get out of it. It, it, it. I really thought about how like upfront and brutal these guys were being. The, the murderers were being. I mean, yeah. it's broad. I mean, it's it's the evening time, but you're in New York City and you're clearing out a whole bodega. You are killing people yeah. left and right in a whole bodega. Like, <laughs> I mean. I don't know, the brashness of it. I mean, I don't know the stream franchise as well as you guys, but like, has it happened before where the, the murder is just like, whatever, I'm going to push come to shove. I'm going to kill everybody in this room, like in, in, like in public, like bodegas are kind of more of a public place than someone's house or like an apartment or like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. The not to that degree. No, yeah. that, that three, there was a little bit on the, the set mm-hmm. of the movie. And then in stream yeah. one, Ghostface is following her in the, um, um, convenience which doesn't really make sense if you if you like that's the only part of that movie where i go that doesn't really make sense because aren't the two guys at the video store but yes um the way i justify that is i'm like well that could be two of the idiots from school oh or third killer you think maybe Uh, yeah maybe yes that's very possible too i mean that could have been roman roman bridger could have been uh could have been following her at that point but um uh yeah i think i think that's the most brash and out there They've been in again. Got to shout out my buddy. Jason Cavalier plays the store clerk that gets his head blown off. Um, love him. That was one of the weird things about seeing this one, having shot in my hometown of Montreal, is it, it didn't take me out of the movie, but I was like, oh my God, yes. Oh my God, it's Jason. Oh, there's Jenna. Like, So it was like kind of a fun thing. But yeah, I, I love that sequence. And you know, I know there was some backlash to Ghostface using a shotgun. And I'm like, oh, first of all, it's a five-minute scene, and then it's over. And second of all, it was crazy. I remember in the theaters, like, this is brutal and intense and yeah. super fun. So for me, I'm like, oh, you know, more creative kills. Like, bring it on. Like, uh, I was really into it. Yeah. And it made sense for the scene. Like, yeah, 100%. Totally. If somebody's threatening to shoot him or her, yeah. they're going to take that gun, obviously, because they don't want to be shot either. I No, I like this. It's knife most times. It worked yeah. very, very well. <laughs> yes. It was effective. Yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, they uh, Ghostface cops show up. Ghostface runs out the back, and Stan- they standard go- Ghostface. There's always yeah, a back door. Leaves a mask. Yeah, yeah. The mask belonging uh, to um, Richie, right, or Amber? Yes, I believe that's yeah, that's Richie or Amber. I mean, the one that because I I'm assuming in that scene it's Bailey that's there. Um, 
I'm assuming he's the one that's in the store and he's wearing the Loomis mask, but yes, he leaves, I believe uh, Richie and Amber's mask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they go uh, to the station. Yeah. So when we found out, you know, the theory of Ghostface leaving the mask behind, I thought we were building up to maybe that third killer from Scream 1 that everybody's talked about since Scream 1 came out or mm -hmm. Stu's return that everybody's also been building up. And the, the radio silence is playing with the fans of the Stu is Alive theory. They did in yeah. 5, they did in 6. Even on the, the poster for 6, the subway map, his was the only one that wasn't like the other killers who were dead. So... These guys yeah. are having fun with that stew theory, so it makes me think we're never going to see stew again, guys. So, here, yeah, here's the thing with this. Um, I don't know where, where you both stand on this. Uh, I love stew. Um, I think Matthew Lowered freaking killed it, but he's dead. I, I feel like bringing him back is, it's I mean, cheap. obviously, in this, yeah, it's cheap. And I'm like, yes, in this movie, you know, we'll get there. Chad gets stabbed a dozen times and lives, so anything can happen, but. By saying there's a theory in the movie, by saying that there's a conspiracy theory that Stu is alive, you're acknowledging that he was at one point confirmed dead. Mm -hmm. Like when they thought about bringing him back in Scream 3, if you watch Scream 2 and 3, they never say Stu Mocker is dead. They address him, and I think the, the plan was for him to be in prison in 3 in the original draft. There was a version yeah. where he was the puppet master. And I was like, that could have worked because we never really said, I mean, I, I would have thought it was a little cheap because he was very clearly dead, but whatever, mm -hmm. fine. But now that they've said there's a conspiracy theory that he's alive, there had to be a moment where the world thought he was dead. And so right. I'm going, like, how does that work? Was it, did a cop switch his body? Did he switch? But it just doesn't, I just don't see a logical explanation to make it happen. It would be fun, but I think I would be rolling my eyes pretty hard. Yeah, we're getting to the Saw franchise. Exactly. <laughs> but I love Matthew Lillard and would love to yeah, see him again. Yeah, more Matthew Lillard the better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming back in Five Nights of Freddy, I believe. So we'll yeah, see that's more of Matthew fun. Lillard, everybody. But yes. um, yes. Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, the police station. They uh they talk to her dad, and um. He asks questions about, you know, her father and so on and so forth. And then we start dropping the hints that people think that she's the one doing what's happening right now, mm -hmm. even though she was in the bodega with her sister. Yes. Yeah, and then they also try to they kind of try to throw us off of Dermot in the scene when Sam, like, basically accuses him of, like, what are the odds that you get this case? And he's mm -hmm. like, well, I can give it back. Like, it was. And, yeah. you know, I, again, like. You know, I'll get to, there's a point later in the movie where they did fool me for a second. They kind of fooled me for a moment later on. But I was still pretty much on the Dermot train at this point. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to, they're, they're playing with Formia a little bit. And of course, that's when they knock on the door and they say the FBI is here. Um, yeah. And that's really yeah, funny. Because we, we all know who, yeah. it's, who it is. And no, oh. in Scream 5, they did something very similar when Dewey called out the boyfriend for being the killer. It's like, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> leave him <laughs> and then they yeah, get exactly. it again in this one but man it's, seeing yeah. Kirby back was so fun because you know in these horror movies if you don't see the body they're still alive I was always a Kirby stan I always said you know she was my favorite character in 4 uh, so I was thrilled to see her back and I think uh, I think they used her really well here I think she's in the movie the exact right amount 
Um, the door is now very open for her to come back. I will say, though, in the event of a Scream 7, I'm very concerned for Kirby. I feel like yeah. now she's ripe for like either opening kill or a big emotional kill midway through Scream 7. I, I'm i more concerned about her in 7 than I was going into this one. You're thinking she, a cotton-weary type? She has surplus of blood. Like, exactly. We'll get to the end yeah. of this movie. But like, like, yeah. she, she has superhuman levels of blood inside of her. Like, I mean, they, they all do at this point. They have blood. They have IVs that they yeah. keep on them. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I also like the fact that they kind of address the fact that Sam, Kirby, and Tara kind of know each other. And they kind yeah. of just stated it that I was like, oh, wow. So in Scream 4, when you watch that movie, you can think Sam is somewhere in that school um, mm -hmm. as, a, as a, I guess, a sophomore or she's a junior, whatever whatever phraseology they use. In Quebec, we don't say any of that stuff. But um, yeah, so I, I thought that was a really interesting choice, too, to just get out of the way. They know each other. They're friends. You know, we don't need to do introductions like and everyone kind of jumps on board really quickly with that, which I thought was smart. This is totally agree. This scream was, uh, I think it, it acknowledges the other movies more than the rest of the movies have, I think, mm -hmm. because the other movies are a huge part of the plot of this movie. Yeah. Getting into the thing that we'll find out about here very, very soon. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So they leave the, the police station and our friend Gail Weathers is outside. And wow, what, what a uh, like very nostalgic scene, for a throwback to Scream 1. The music when they walk out of the station is the same music. Yeah. Um, and Gail learned nothing from the events of Scream 5. Nothing. Yes. Well, Which you is, know, it's, it's funny. Yeah. It, 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 it kind of makes sense, right? It's like we want, you know, of course we want growth and we want an arc and everything, but we also love kind of old school Gail. And I think there was some feedback, I think, of 5 that she softened a little bit and she like you know, people are like, oh, you know, we miss kind of the kind of the badass Gail, and oh boy, is she back in this one. Yeah, like, roaring back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Quippy and like, fun and yeah. Just like we said with uh Sam, with Gail, you know, there's two two roads to go down after she loses Dewey, and she went down this one. And it, it makes sense. Like, you know, somebody's gotta tell the story of Scream Five. Why not see okay, this is a good could um, say way for me to bring up what I thought this movie was going to be. I thought, you know, Nev Campbell's not in there. And mm -hmm. so the killer, I thought the motive was going to be to wipe the continuity of five out because they don't want the reboot. They want to continue right. the original continuity. So bringing Gail back in, who wrote the book on five, it made sense to me because why would you write this? This doesn't fit into the story. And, um, you know, we didn't get that, but it's uh, still fun to uh, think about. And, uh, I like this sequence with Gail. It made sense for me that Gail was this way. Mm -hmm. And and you know I love the 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 punch. Like what a great callback to the first two movies. Yeah. And again, I was in the theater when she dodged um, uh, Sam's punch and said, "Nice try, sweetie." But I've done this dance before. In my head, I was like, "Oh my god, Tara's gonna punch her!" Like yeah. I I just like a millisecond before. And I think they know that too. So it plays with that expectation. Uh, and I I also love the fact that there's some fun callbacks like. Sam quoting Gail's book to her, very reminiscent of Dewey quoting the book in Scream 2. And, you know, somebody's going to write a book about it. Like, you know, there's when you replay your greatest hits, 
you know, some people could say it could get a little tedious, but I think these guys are so good at doing it in a way that has a spin on it. That's still fresh. Um, and this scene especially kind of evoked a lot of it. I was, again, I was sitting in my nostalgia feels for, for two hours. It was like a warm blanket filled with blood and murder. Yeah. It feels like fan service done right. Right. Cause they, they definitely had exactly. the fan in mind when they, when they made this one. For sure. Yeah, of course. absolutely. Uh, and going back to what Jesse said earlier about, you don't want to change the formula too much. Like, look at Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. They changed the formula a lot. Even though I like that movie a lot, but too, Star yeah. Wars fans were enraged. It's not so good. This, right. this movie does a really good job of adding some new elements, but also keeping the spirit of the original films in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to think that this is the most different Scream film when you think about it, just in vibe. Like, it's the one that feels the most different, that... that pushes the story in the most different ways, but almost relies on your knowledge of the originals more mm -hmm. than any other. And I, again, I saw it with people that didn't really follow the series and I saw it with big fans and everyone could kind of follow. They're like, yeah, I didn't necessarily get the reference, but I got it enough. It's, it's an old killer. Right. Sure. Like I get it, you know? Um, so it, the fact that you can make it accessible and feel like a cool kids club, I think is a pretty, pretty amazing accomplishment. Mm hmm. All right, so back to the apartment. <laughs> yes. And a lot happens in this sequence. A lot. A lot of character development. And then the, mm -hmm. um, the train starts rolling in a big way that's going to take us all the way to the end of this movie. And yeah. Fortunately. You talk about Ghostface in the bodega being bold. Ghostface in this sequence is bold. But we'll get there in a second. Yeah. So, you know, they're playing, they're talking at the table, the core mm -hmm. four, even though they don't like that name, they don't want it to be mm -hmm. stick. One of them likes it. Quinn's in the bedroom yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. Chad, Chad's loving the core four name. Yeah. And we're getting the vibe that they kind of like it too, but they, you know, they don't want to be. And yeah, and mm -hmm. Sam opens up about how she's having a fling with, you know, Danny across the hall. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice kind of almost John Hughes like coming of age really fun heartwarming yeah. scene and then they just deck us with arguably yeah. one of the most viscerally intense sequences in the entire franchise oh my yeah. god yeah and uh, I'm glad that Sam came out about the guy that she's mm -hmm. you know has to fling with because in a lot of movies they wouldn't mention that and then you'd right. have this and then he would obviously be the red herring and if she had just told them then it wouldn't have been a big deal but um mm -hmm. We see Ghostface in Quinn's room. I think there's there's a lot of questions about this. Yeah, yeah. There seems to be a lot of like I've I've you know I go on the YouTube pages and I I watch the reviews. I think there there were some people that had an issue with this moment because they felt it was a cheat. That not that he's standing over her, but that she sounds like she's talking to her dad, and they're like, well, who's she talking to? Right? If that's if it let's pretend that that's Ethan. That's in the ghost face garb behind her. Sorry, I'm spoiling ahead of time, but like, you know, who's she talking to? What's the point of this? And in my mind, it makes perfect sense because she's not only performing for Danny across the street, somebody's taking pictures across the yeah. uh, street too. And the guy she's sleeping with is in the bathroom. If they don't successfully kill that guy and he somehow gets out, he's going to say, yo, yeah. Quinn's in on it. Like, yeah, you know, so I actually have no problem with that moment. And it leads to, again, one of the one of the greatest sequences. Now, I have to ask you guys: Did you buy that Quinn was dead? No. Did you? 
I, me being dead, but I don't want to say novice of scream, but like a, a passerby of scream. I, I thought I thought she was dead. I did. Nope, we didn't see the kill, so it didn't happen. Even though technically we didn't see the kill with the boyfriend either, and he was dead. We saw the kill. I, uh, His body yeah. was laying in the bathtub. What do you mean? Didn't see him getting killed. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we're saying if you see the body afterwards, it doesn't count still. Yeah, we saw Quinn's body afterwards too, but I'm saying that we didn't see yeah. Quinn get stabbed. So in my mind, yeah. she's still uh, running as the killer. Yeah, I, I, I did. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, I was like, ooh, that's weird that we didn't see because she's been such a funny, entertaining presence so far, and it mm -hmm. felt like kind of cheap not to see her get killed. But I will say what they did do well is by the time we got to the third act, I had almost forgotten about it. So, you know, yeah. and obviously when things started coming out, I said, okay, it's going to be Quinn. Like at that mm -hmm. point, I was. But I'd kind of moved on. I had said, oh, maybe she's dead. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's – because I still thought it was Dermot. But I said, you know, maybe it's like Scream 4 where Emma Roberts says my own mother had to die. It's like maybe he killed his daughter. Maybe he's, you know, yeah. really screwed up in the head. Um, I will so say I, had, I did kind of forget. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I had a thought prior to her dying that it was the cop. So it did definitely dissuade me from thinking it was him. So it did its job for, like, the novice Scream person, right? Because, like – I, I, really, I had an inkling it was him, and then when his daughter died, I was like, well, he wouldn't murder his own daughter, would he? And then, like... But you were right. So, he wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Murder his daughter to avenge his son. Right, yeah. <laughs> Family. <laughs> but, um, man, the so Ghostface, like, comes out of the bedroom, like, full force against everybody. There's so many people in that room. That could have gone so many ways wrong. Yeah. Well, and this is why the boyfriend, well, the, the pseudo boyfriend is like frantically trying to get a hold of them, right? And yeah. like, yeah, that's great too. Like, not working. I, I love that part of it where he's just like so great. calling and they're having like a fun family time at the dinner table and like, yeah, not answering the phone, being murdered in the next room. It could have been a roll it's, your eyes moment. Like, why aren't you answering for your boyfriend? But no, it made sense that they, they weren't because they were in the middle of trying to figure out what they were going to do and what the plan yes. was. And they're kind of teasing her, like, yeah, she's got a lot on her head, on her mind at that moment. She's not thinking about answering what she probably thinks is like a booty, a booty call, call or whatever, you know. I, 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 I bought it. You know, would he have thrown something at the window? That was my only question. Like, you're not grabbing something yeah. and like throwing you, it at the window, but whatever. Who if cares? you have that ladder nearby, wouldn't you be bashing the window? Like, you know what I mean? But I don't know how close it was. It could have been the whole time while in between him getting that to right. now to getting it, but that's fine. Um, but my, my thing was, and I think there was a high level of skepticism that he might be a part of the murders, right? I mean, she's already had one boyfriend be a murderer. Like, it's, I, I wouldn't be answering the phone if I have now have a doubt of there's a killer on the loose. Like, like we're just kind of a new thing, right? You're, now you're getting close to me and the people I care about. Like, I wouldn't be so interested in talking to you either, right? Regardless of. She did the thing that I wish Sydney had done in Scream 2. She kept telling the boyfriend to go away. Yes. Leave me alone. Let me figure this out, and we can talk later. Yeah, past yeah. boyfriend tried to murder me. We <laughs> there's some trauma here. Got to hold on. He was he was he was a great red herring. There were moments later in the movie where I started going, maybe it is him. Like yeah. again, I was pretty sure. I, I I look back and I go, I was right overall. But there were definitely moments where they they did some good work in making me think that either he was in on it with Dermot or or what, but. He was he was an effective red herring for sure. 
to, to me, it'd be too on the nose between the, the past movie. Like, I, I just, I was like, we, can, we, we can't have two boyfriends in a row. Like, I mean, maybe we can't. Maybe they're just using that against me. But, like, my, during the movie, I was like, I feel like he's safe just because of the redundancy of it. Like, I didn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There, There is a killer from the Scream franchise that needs to come back. And that is in Scream 3. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, Angelina, who was supposed to be the second killer in Scream 3. She was. Yeah. And she she lived, so I like she's another one we could come back. And I know that. Um, did you see this? I'm skipping a little bit, but did you see the Jennifer Jolie shout out? Now everybody thinks she's yeah, still alive. Yeah. What was the? Yeah, there's something in the theater or something. There was. Yeah, her name as a part of a talk show, it was some kind of talk show with uh, Jennifer Jolie. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't see it, but somebody pointed out there was an Easter egg about that. That'd be fun. I mean. Uh, yeah. You know, she's she's definitely considered uh, by many to be the highlight of three. Um, mm. I, I, you know, she was great. I love her. And, you know, I, I'd still love them to try to find a way to bring back Patrick Dempsey. Um, I mean, I think that'd be really fun. They're name dropping the character in both movies so far. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they, they, they the radio silence guys even said that there were not not with they, I don't think it got to the point where they were talking to Patrick Dempsey, but maybe when Nev was still maybe going to do the movie. Um, they said there were discussions about reaching out to him and bringing him back. We have potential to have a stacked Scream 7. Like, oh my stacked. God. I mean, if it's yeah. ending this trilogy of movies, it makes sense. I would kind of blow yeah. the budget on this one. Yeah, That's th what I'm saying. One more, and then call it. Do Scream mm -hmm. 7, and then take another break for 10 years. Like, end mm -hmm. the story. Because I don't want to see diminishing returns, and they're maintaining the quality so well right now. So I say Radio yeah. Silence does one more. Bring everybody back. Maybe even introduce like only one or two new characters and just make it all returning people. Because then, yeah. you know, we're really crapping our pants every scene. Yeah. Oh, my God. When we're, when we're done with this review, I, I was just thinking about it. We should do kind of the hypothesis of what Seven would look like. You know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. what? You know what I mean? Because I, I have some theories. But. <laughs> Me too. I got a couple. I got a couple fun ones too. Um, yeah. I think Scream 7 but, should uh, almost do like a huge cap on all seven movies. So I would like to see all six movies tied in together at the mm -hmm. very end to bring back stuff. Cause there are characters from the original movies that are still alive. The cameraman from scream two is still alive. Joel. Yeah. Yeah. He was, well, he's one of my favorite characters. Like he, he was a smart Fantastic. one. He got the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> well, and and do you know like the funny story? Time. Yeah. The, the funny story about that was I, I'm, the actor's name is escaping me, but geez, I'm, I'm an encyclopedia of scream. Forgive, forgive me. Um, he said, uh, scripted, he was supposed to die. Mm. And he went up to Wes Craven and he said, I'm telling you, this doesn't make sense. I would leave. Mm -hmm. And Wes Craven apparently looked at him and goes, well, what would, what do you mean you would leave? What would you do? He goes, I'd call a cab and I would leave. And Wes Craven apparently took a second and went, let's bring him a cab. And they <laughs> like, fair. they rewrote it because the actor was like so strong. Like, no, like, why would I stay? Yeah. And uh, Wes Craven said, you're right. And so they, they like reworked that whole thing for that actor. And I, I love that story because he's not wrong. Like, why is he yeah. sticking around? Like, you know, I remember the Randy this, rumors yeah. when, when two yeah. came oh, out, yeah. like right after two came out, there's all these rumors. Randy's actually a killer. They, they faked his death and he's stashed mm -hmm. off somewhere. And even Wes Craven said that after two, I think um, Jamie Kennedy said it too. They tried every way they could possibly think yeah. of to bring him back and they could not make it work. And then Scream since then has been afraid to kill main characters, which we've kind of 
broke that in five and then we're back to it in six. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, no. Yeah. So uh, Ghostface just attacks them. Two yeah. people get stabbed and um, they get holed up in Quinn's room. Yeah. And, and uh, poor Devin Nakota, who's a, I, if I'm not mistaken, a fellow Canadian, I think a fellow uh, Ontario uh, resident kills it in this movie. She's fantastic. She did great. Uh, as she Annika. Yeah. And one of the most memorable deaths of the whole franchise. She's, she does such a great job and she's so nice. Like her and I chatted a bunch uh, when I was there. Um, and uh, I just thought she, she did a really great job with, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a huge role. It's her screen time is limited while she's there, but she's very impactful. Um, yeah. And uh, really those last couple moments are just, brutally heartbreaking where yeah you know a lot after of the, yeah. this, okay. no i'm sorry um no, 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 after no. her second stab i was like "Ooh, you're not making it like there was something about that like one where i was like okay she, I, whatever happens she's not making this like whatever yeah. this is the scene for her um, a lot of second stabs i didn't think we're gonna make it fair, fair but like <laughs> I didn't think she, frankly she, i didn't think she's a big enough character to like warrant yeah. like okay she's gonna have superhuman like healing like wolverine but yeah um it also, it's good to note that there was no weapons in the house, right? Someone had actively removed yeah. things to defend themselves with in the house, which kind of yeah. points to foreshadowing, right? Some other characters that you, you thought you could trust, mm -hmm. but you can't. Like, but. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great yeah. moment where she goes for the knives and all the knives are gone. Yeah. She just uses it as a block at that point. Yeah. She's under, she smashes him in the head. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really glad Melissa Barrera is getting her flowers for this one. Um, because uh, yeah, she she did a great job, and Sam, I think. Well, I mean, both. I I love the idea that you know it's it's such a hard act to follow Sydney, and the fact that they chose to do it with two sisters, I think, is yeah. really smart. It's a really smart decision, and they complement each other so well. And you know, Jenna Ortega is obviously exploding right now, right. um, and uh, and you know, and, and Melissa Barrera as kind of the more. I mean, they're both badass. Don't get me wrong. But having Sam be almost kind of the, almost like the Ellen Ripley of the two, yeah. uh, I think was a, was a really great decision. Oh my mm -hmm. God, um, Jenna Ortega is going to be a scream queen before too long. She said she wants yeah. to do more horror. She was in um, X last mm -hmm. year, Scream Five last year, Scream Six this year, and Wednesday. Yeah, this this yeah. girl's a star. Yeah, like, yeah. and huge, should, huge. spoiler alert: I'm 99% sure we're going to hear she's doing Scream Seven any day now. I can't imagine yeah. that movie's not getting greenlit. Um, oh, I guarantee yeah. Nev's coming back too. They're gonna get Nev back. They'll get her back because they're gonna get they're gonna get more money for the next one. I mean, they're gonna they're mm -hmm. gonna have a bigger budget, and uh, I think uh, they'll 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 pay her what whatever whatever she wants. And it was it was interesting not having her in this one. It's uh, when people ask me they're like, "What did you feel?" I was like, I didn't necessarily miss Sydney because I thought the storyline was really catered well to not have her there, but I missed Nev. That makes yeah. sense. I missed. Nev being in the movie, even though what seeing it, I was like, you didn't need Sydney. Like she wasn't necessary to the story. Having her in might have felt shoehorned. I know they said when she left, some things were um shifted. They said the motive shifted a little bit. I'm so curious what it was before. Um, but yeah, I don't think you miss Sydney, you miss Nev a little bit. Um, sure. But they did a, they did I think a great it would have been like they, a screen four, I think they were gonna do this where Nev Campbell was gonna get attacked in the opening sequence. Mm -hmm. And then come back later in the movie. I think it would have been yeah. cool to see Nev Campbell get attacked in this and then not come back until the next movie. Like if they had yeah. shot a small sequence where Sydney was attacked and 
Ghostface was almost successful. I think that would have been. I, I think with IP so big, like with with we're going on to a seventh movie. I think less is more when I ever come to like fan service, right? Like it, I'd rather be like a book or a like a, a scene like in an, on the TV. Like that's the callbacks we probably should be having rather than like whole characters because then it gets kind of cheesy. I think if like we're having the Avengers assemble of the screen franchise, it, it seems right. kind of. Off. Yeah, you got to be careful for sure. I think, uh, you know, I, I'd heard a rumor for this one and this I actually think, I mean, this is a little fan servicey, I guess, but this would have been fun. I don't think this this was ever true. So take it with a grain of salt. But someone had said there were rumors that she was going to have a scene in the movie, like sure. on the phone with Sam or whatever. And then she was going to be in like a post credit scene or something yeah. where yeah. her and her family get attacked and she ends up like, I think, killing the ghost face or something. Um, but yeah. I, 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 again, that might not be true at all, but that's a rumor that I heard a while back, not from anybody in production, but sure. yeah, from yeah. somebody on a site or something. Yeah. Yeah. I read that too. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought our post-credit scene was going to be. I was like sitting in the theater, really anticipating the post-credit scene. I'm like, screams never had one. Um, but instead I'm it just, it just formula. shat on you for expecting one. <laughs> I want to break the formula a little bit because it's better when we're yes. just talking than it is going through the, the plot devices. So mm. uh, let's just talk about the movie from this point on. And that ladder sequence mm. was just amazing. It was so, yeah. so intense. Mm -hmm. Beautifully staged. Like these, these guys know what they're doing behind the camera. Like, And I think what you can so feel in this movie, and I felt it when I had my interactions with them, which admittedly were brief, but is the sense of fun. They were having so much fun on that set. It was the, the, the atmosphere there was just joyous and fun and laughing and joking and like, what's going to be the best thing? And yeah, through their own admission, it's not always logical. It doesn't always kind of pass the smell test. Like they said, Chad would be dead. There's just, there's yeah. no debate, but they go, you know, we didn't care. We wanted, we wanted him to live. And I think that infectious energy is really present in the movie, especially in scenes like the latter scene. Yeah. Where you could just tell they're like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. Let's draw this out. Let's, you know, the shots from the bottom looking up. Like, it's uh, it's one of the most ingenious sequences for sure in the franchise. That, like, I mean, I just felt bad for her, right? Just spoilers. The, 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 yeah. I forget. What was her name again? I'm sorry. Annika. Uh, Annika. Annika. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she was the last one to go across the ladder. She always knew that that person is probably the one that's going to die. And, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. She had a giant cut. I think it went straight up, right? Like, yeah. She's bleeding out. Like, you're trying to crawl when you're bleeding out of your stomach. Like, that seems unimaginably painful. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I don't know. A lot of bad things are and, happening to that girl. And you can see it on her face. She's got that great moment, too, where they're, like, all yelling. And Mindy's like, girl, she's losing a lot of blood. And she yells, say something more positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I which I love, yeah. My question is, you know, in the next scene, the dad says, that, or no, later on, he says that he swapped out the bodies. Um, mm -hmm. How did he get a body in there? Like, did they stage this, like, a week ago and just have a dead body just chilling in the room? Or... Did he I bring mean, it up when he came to investigate? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, again, now we're getting into the territory of like, you know, let's not think about it too hard. But I guess the idea is, well, my question more is like, was he planning on getting away with all of this? Or was he planning on doing this and then kind of going on the run? Because if he was planning on going on the run, I have less of an issue. Because I'm like, oh, he swapped it out with a, you know, he, he went out, killed some girl that looked like his daughter, slit her throat. 
which is screwed up enough as it is. Yeah. Um, threw the body in the trunk, brought replaced it, I guess. And then probably just said, yeah, that's my daughter. Identified her and that maybe bought him some time. And I was like, but so, eventually they're going to figure out it's not her. Like, yeah, I, I, I do think that it is, I, I, I agree with you. I think it is him like throwing away his life out of revenge, right? I don't want to yeah. spoil it too much there. And I, I, I think like he expected this to be like, I'm not going to get away with it. Maybe, maybe my kids will, but I'm not going to, and we're going to just figure it out, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the, that's the way to look at it where, you know, it kind of makes the most sense. Um, yeah, and I mean, I mean, listen, you know, we can, again, you can kind of poke holes in it a bunch of times. Uh, but I know, like, and it's it's subjective, obviously. But I know for, from my standpoint, I was like, I don't care. This is just so yeah. much fun. I, I, I this is this is great, and it's it's so well done. Um, but yeah, I guess the logistics of it are definitely fishy. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, he's he. Well, at this point, we spoiled it pretty heavily that he's the the one of the main yeah. players. But uh, I mean, he's a police officer, right? Like, I think they can get away with almost anything with their badge. Like, especially yeah. like they can they can figure something out. Like, oh, there's a gas leak. Oh, okay, well, I'm gonna go to this. You know what I mean? Like, they can figure it plenty of ways to get that body in, especially if you have it in the, in the apartment. Like, yeah. Especially yeah. if you, if you, you know, go with the logic that if that is him or, or Ethan, that's, uh, that's doing it. Like they've all left the apartments. They've got tons of time. Yeah. To, he has you know, access to a morgue, right? He could probably find a girl exactly. that looks very similar to his daughter, dye her hair, if she, yeah, whatever. Like it doesn't matter. For, exactly. It's New York city. It's a very large city. You can find plenty of probably like-minded bodies that unfortunately have passed away. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So, um, yeah, no, um, yeah, uh, the sequence after this, the rules and stuff, I like the rules for this one. I like that we went for the franchise uh, yeah. motif, which makes the post credit scene, like, just add to that so much right. more. And um, I uh, I dug this sequence. And again, we're calling out one of the killers. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. right there in, on in the Ethan, screen. Yeah, yeah like, where were you? Uh, <laughs> so uh, let me give a little more, uh, you know, inside baseball. When I was there that day, I actually, just by whatever happenstance, was sitting in the kind of the cast green room. I was sitting with Jack Champion, who plays Ethan, and we were chatting. First of all, he's a really nice kid, and he's, I mean, his career is exploding with Avatar and everything, and he's fantastic and just really nice, down-to-earth, big Scream fan. Um, and he didn't tell me anything. But he did say, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, like I went to see Top Gun with the, the directors last night. You know, they treated me and just the three of us went. And in my head, I went, why are you going to a movie with the directors alone? I don't know. It was something we, I mean, he's he's a young guy. Maybe they were just being nice. Uh, obviously, they're all friends. Um, but there's something about that. I was like, that's. That's a weird you're it's among us talk. That you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that you're like hanging out with the directors alone i was like this feels that maybe like they're prepping you and really trying to hang out with you because you're going to be a big factor in the end game um now i very much could have been wrong but i remember just like my again my spidey senses going okay and he's got the perfect build right he's just built like he's like yeah you know average height average weight like you know just kind of has the look uh, that that you would expect, like that really nice innocent face that at the end can turn super maniacal. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yes, I love that sequence too. And 
Jasmine Savoy Brown, who plays Mindy, is so good at that stuff. I love her on Yellow Jackets too. She's on there with uh, my buddy Kevin Alves, and uh, she was really sweet to me too that day. And she uh, she does a great job in those big kind of explaining the rule scene. I think she's she's picked up the torch really really well from uh, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Oh my god. Some yeah. of my favorite scenes of all the screens yeah. when they when they break it out and they just talk about it. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. The uh, the sting operation I really dug. Uh, mm-hmm. with the, the white van. It was very reminiscent to Randy, and they I know they were yes. going for that. And even Mindy's calling him out on it. Like, we're in a van, <laughs> just like yeah. when our uncle died in college. <laughs> I loved that pause. Like, there's a little point like, oh, she's right. Hey, uh, Steve Frosty. Like, it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kirby's just like, huh, yeah, exactly. And and they got me again when they said the call's coming from across town. Again, I clued in a millisecond before they went. I was like, oh no, Gail. Like that's, here we go. Yeah, but I, I, exactly. The girls taking the bull by the horn saying, let's lure him out into the open. Um, It was great. You get to see, you know, fake Central Park. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was really fun. I I knew where that park is in Montreal. So uh, that was, that was always fun to see as well. Does it look uh, like, sorry to interrupt you, but I just have to think, does it look like Central Park? Naturally, or uh, the, is there a lot of special effects work that to go into like making it look more like Central Park? There's some serious green screen going on. They did a good job. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, 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 yeah. I only recognized it because of like certain benches and just the just the kind of the geography of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's uh, Parc de la Fontaine. But anyway, um, yeah, they they did it. They did a good job. And I saw it with someone who's from New York who said she goes. The only reason I really could tell was that it wasn't as jammed as New York is. Yeah. Except for obviously the the subway sequence, which we'll get to. Yeah, um, I, I but yeah, I love the and it is super packed. Like it is a very busy park, especially on a nice mm. day. <laughs> I, I skipped one of my favorite sequences, which was the uh, museum of Ghostface. Oh, the shrine, yeah. Like uh, the oh, that was a lot of fun. You know, when we first met Kirby, I'm like. She's Kirby, but she doesn't remind me of the Kirby from Scream 4. And then in the museum sequence, we get the Kirby that we knew from Scream 4. So it hints that, you know, she's the Kirby of young is still in there. Like, even though mm-hmm. she went through this traumatic experience, her love for horror. And the, they they say something in this sequence that I've said for many, many years, that Psycho 2 is one of the best horror sequels of all time, because it is. And if you haven't seen it, you guys should check it out. But um, I haven't seen it. I got to watch it. I take your word for it. I gotta watch it. It's well, really well done. For it. They brought it up in screen. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yes, <laughs> I've been saying that for many, many years. It's such an underrated sequel, and I love them talking about movies and the crush on Corey Feldman. Like that was just so yeah. member berries. Like I loved it. I loved all of it. And it seeing, seeing the stuff, seeing you know stuff yeah. from Jill, and seeing Kirby's reaction to seeing yeah. you know the knife that stabbed her. And you know, um, Sam's the picture of the blood on the ground, too. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was, yeah. Sorry, it, it calls back to not to go to the front of the movie, but the the two killers that well, the pseudo killers, right? They had a shrine in their closet, right? Similar idea, mm-hmm. like different masks and things like that, but yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, uh, this is you know, not to really let my inner nerd out, but I definitely in, in that whole sequence, there's really nice scene with you know sam and gail where they talk about family and their mothers are strange and they go you make your own family and dewey's theme plays Mm. uh in that moment and i literally in a press screening cried it was so embarrassing (laughs) 
I was and I and I literally kind of muttered. I was like, I was like, are you kidding me right now that I'm crying about yeah. this? Um, but just like, don't be embarrassed. Really, really <laughs> nice moment. Yeah. Uh, also, maybe I'm wrong on this. Uh, I thought I picked up on with Kirby and Mindy a little bit. I think that they might do something there. I think there might have been a little, um, maybe. maybe some mutual interest between the two of them. I was like, oh, that could be a fun, you know, yeah. uh, coupling for the next, uh, you know, the next movie. Couple the kill in seven, yeah, be good. Yeah, I. <laughs> we'll get to it in a minute, but um, yeah, Courtney Cox gets her first call with Dewey. Or yeah, it's not the first time. It's not the first time Ghostface called. Gail Weathers, True. but it's the first mm-hmm. time that Gail Weathers answered the call and yeah. talked because in the two, Randy answered the phone and did the phone call right. on Gail's phone. But this, 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 this is one of the best sequences in this movie. One, the Incredible. call is intense. It, mm-hmm. I, I like how Ghostface like constantly refers to himself as if he is the person from the previous movie and so on and so forth. Like, yes. we've never talked before, Gail. Yeah. yeah, and I, I like that she called him out. Like, you know, you're the tenth idiot that's tried this and never works out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was fantastic. The the tension was there. I really wasn't sure how it was all going to mm-hmm. wrap up. You know, and yeah, yeah. Really I feel fun. bad for all of their love interests, right? Like, how do you, in good oh, conscience, God. have a significant other when you're constantly fighting murderers? Like, that poor dude was just, like, having dinner with his girlfriend and like, just got taken out. <laughs> and, and, and not only that, she kind of uh, she kind of trashes him after he's dead. Yeah. And, and the ghost face is like, oh, all those muscles didn't really help him. And she goes, they certainly didn't. I was like, well, that feels like a cheap yeah. shot now that yeah. he's lying there dead. Jeez. Yeah. Like, I know we yet. all love Dewey, but you know, this yeah. guy, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. He existed yeah. around you and got murdered. Like <laughs> and we get a nice callback to uh Jason Voorhees when um, mm-hmm. Ghostface throws him through the mm-hmm. bookshelf because that's something yes. that Jason does a lot in his movies. And um yeah, I dug this sequence. Not that I think uh Quinn could kill that guy, but um you know, she caught him off guard, and it was fun. And um, I thought Gail was gone. I think they thought Gail was gone when they filmed the sequence. I think that th- that was a last-minute change because oh, it might, it might have been. You know, I, I should again. Here I go again. I should ask my buddy Elizabeth Neal plays the paramedic that comes in and says no. slight pulse. I should ask her and get back to you. I should message her and say, was that always what was scripted, or was there a version where you were like, oh, she's gone? Yeah. Um I'm so curious. That would be fun to know. That's a really great question. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask I'll ask her for sure. Because I, I thought so too. I wonder if the restraint came from we want Nev to be present if we ever kill Gail or Sydney. Like I wonder if that maybe is what it was. Maybe, maybe that was always the plan for her to live, but I, I know what you mean that because Gail doesn't appear again for the rest of the movie, which is I think the first time she's not been in a climax yeah, uh, at all. Know. Like in four, she's in the hospital. Two, she gets shot and she's kind of out of commission for a lot of it, but she is there. This is the first time that she's not at all present for uh, the unmasking and everything. So that's a very good point. Yeah. And Gail gets messed up in this. I mean, she also she does some damage too, but like she gets messed up. She was a very strong lady though. That was, that was a good scene for her, I think. Yeah, she gets stabbed, I think, three times. Uh, which again, you know, is not a high number in this movie. It's not a high yeah. number in this movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a sucker for it. I was, I I definitely breathed a sigh of relief when they said she was okay, or that she this slight pulse. Because once they said she had a slight pulse, I said okay, she's fine. Yeah, she's probably alive. Yeah. You're not gonna kill her off camera. Like if she's dying, mm. we're gonna see it. Um, <laughs> I was I was definitely relieved um, because Dewey hurt so bad. So I'm I'm glad uh, we'll, we'll get at least probably one more appearance by Gail. I don't know. Did, did Dewey's kill didn't get as much um, backlash as Randy's did, right? I think it's because uh, I think Dewey's felt more earned because Dewey was the yeah. kind of one of the leads in the first half of Scream Five. Like he was, in yeah, hundred percent. I thought he was safe. And then he got <laughs> yeah, I, you know it's funny. I had a I had a feeling they were gonna they were gonna do him in. I also actually thought. Shout out to David Arquette. I I I, I love David Arquette in the entire franchise, but I thought. He probably did his best work in five. I thought he was really, really, sure. really good. Um, yeah, I, I think there was there was the only backlash I read was like, oh, would he leave his phone on? You know, would he go back? But I was like, yes, he would. I mean, there was the thing about Dewey was he was I used to call him the Neville Longbottom of the Scream movies, yeah. Yeah. which was like he had courage beyond ability. He was so brave and he was so loyal and sweet and caring. But he wasn't the brightest. He wasn't, you know, he didn't always think things through. He was a he was a bit of a goof, but he was again so brave, always had your back. And like, you know, no matter what happened, and he might is in five at the beginning, as much as he pretends not to care and not want to get involved, it's just in him. He's just he's a protector. So I I loved that death. I thought it was heartbreaking and sad and beautiful and i think yeah for the most part people embraced it but i you know there's you're not going to please everybody there's always some kind of backlash or you know people don't like it for x y and z but it really it really worked for me i'm I, i'm a sucker for these new ones i i really like these guys behind it so um i'm i'm pretty on board with with most of the stuff they've done yeah me too and the uh, subway sequence was also terrifying because yeah. i didn't know where the ghost face hit was going to come at yeah. all mm -hmm. yeah and there's so many easter eggs in that scene too all the different costumes and uh mm -hmm. if anyone's seen uh radio silence is the movie that kind of got them scream ready or not uh there's yeah, samara so weaving's yeah. character's costume is in there the bride yeah her oh. costume's on this on the train and yeah and you can see the directors for a split second they're on the train too um <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah, that sequence is really effectively done and really makes you think twice about getting on a train in New York that has blinking lights. You know, yeah. if the lights aren't working, get off the train. Yeah, I, I've been on the subway a few times in New York and never once has, yeah. uh, <laughs> has happened. Escape Room 2 uh, had a train. And <laughs> was it 2? Uh, yeah, I think it was 2. They had a train and um, yeah, no train. Trains are bad. All trains. Yeah, train. bad, bad news. Bad news. <laughs> Uh, Final um, Destination hasn't done a train yet. They should think about doing a train. Well, I'm sure they're going to make another one at some point. So that's that's that'd be a good, that'd be a good way to start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I also thought for a second we were going to lose Mindy here. Mm -hmm. um, but then again, when when they cut away and she was still alive and she you know she says fuck this franchise, I said okay, she's yeah. alright. Yeah. Like she's going to be alright. Um, but uh, yeah, that was you know. That, you know, it's just really well done. It's just beautifully shot, really, really tense, just very well done. Again, this movie is so well executed. And, and that whole scene was, I think, to to lead people away from Ethan still, right? I think it was all to yeah. like make sure, like, hey, 
he was sitting there chilling with his, you know what I mean? I, I don't think he wasn't, he wasn't the one that murdered her, was he? Or tried to murder no, her? No, I think it was Quinn. Quinn is yeah. uh, wearing the mask. And that, again, this is a good point. It was another scene that people, uh, this a couple people were like, oh, well, then why would he help her if he's Ghostface? And again, it makes total sense to me. I was like, well, she's not dead. She's still alive. And now there's people around. If you don't help her and she somehow yeah. lives, we're gonna they're gonna know right away it's you. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, so that again, that's something that I thought uh was not a plot hole and it, it didn't really bother me. And it, it did a pretty good job of making me think, oh, he's he's not even there. It can't really be him. Like I mm-hmm. actually started again doubting in my own brain, like, okay, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Maybe it's it's not him. I think um, Quinn did a this, lot of the heavy lifting in this movie because she was sure. quote unquote dead. So kind of like Amber in the last one, where the, the 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 whole joke in this one is that you know Amber did most of the killing in Scream Five. <laughs> Richie's a <Yeah>. punk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the uh, the final showdown yeah. is amazing, and the whole yes. the whole theater sequence. They even fit in a heartwarming sequence between Tara and Chad. And I like that. Like, we, I don't know that we we've had the screen movies have a heartwarming moment in the final like confrontation. I mean, a little bit in Scream Two when um. But yeah, you're. Her, I was going to say that her. one. Yeah, and a little bit with Dewey and Gale. Kind of, it's very similar. They start to kind of hook up, and then, but that's a little earlier in the movie. You're right. That's not really at the end. Like, you're. Right. This is like right before the climax. Um, and then of course you know. Ghostface, the biggest cock block of them all, That's right. uh, comes in and has to ruin it. Yeah, Which, he does. I just realized it's kind of uh, it, it kind of rhymes. Like Quinn interrupts them at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then if that's her at the end, she kind yeah. of interrupts them at the end. Yeah. It's kind of a fun little uh, yeah, some symmetry there. Yeah, and man, does Chad get messed up? <laughs> How many yeah. times was Chad stabbed? I mean, he's dead, got right? In two different yeah. movies, that dude is dead. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and uh, Dewey. Yeah. Exactly. Dewey. I almost thought when they wheeled him out at the end, they were going to play the Dewey theme. Like, I was waiting for the dun, 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 dun. I was, like, <laughs> waiting for it. Uh, and, you know, again, credit to uh, to the directors. They've said it. They're like, we didn't want to do it. We didn't want to kill him. And they go, like, you know... They say, does it make sense? No, he'd be dead. And they said they, they toned it down. There's a, a cut of the movie where he only gets stabbed once or twice. But when they screened it for people, they went, oh, he's not dead. Like, he's he's fine. Yeah. They're yeah. like, we, we have to pick our decision. It's like, do we make it obvious he's going to live? Or do we really make you think he's dead? Um, and, you know, again, I, I let that stuff go. But I was definitely going like, you guys have done a little damage to the effectiveness of a stab in this movie a yeah. little bit like yeah. you know I, I, now i never think anyone's dead um yeah but i realize it only takes one <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll and for everyone out there don't think you can get stabbed 10 times and live uh, yeah, it's yeah, not right. accurate yeah. Little, yeah little public service announcement <laughs> but yeah I, I was i was i was happy to see him at the end i really was i was i was kind of happy he lived even though it didn't really make sense i I was happy to see him. It's fine. Yeah, me too. I can't remember. He gave the thumbs up at the end, like Dewey did, right? He gave no. He gave the four for core four. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Awesome. And then she yeah, takes off his oxygen mask and kisses him. I was like, I was like, Tara, yeah, he, he needs to get to the yeah. hospital. Like, he's <laughs> hanging on by a thread. Like, do not yeah. touch anything. Get he's him in the ambulance. Go. Yeah. yeah. Tara, he was sliced and diced. He doesn't have time to make out. <laughs> 
my god yeah Oh, but <laughs> they 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 did get me with the the tar uh the uh Kirby uh take out in this one. I I yeah. I bought it kind of cuz I mean if you really break it down you could kind of maybe buy that maybe she was helping Jill and didn't know about Charlie or something and maybe she was involved totally. in Scream mm-hmm. 4 and um mm-hmm. yeah they they got me for a moment. I'm like, "Oh my god, is it Kirby? It can't be Kirby. Yeah. It's too too obvious now." It's got, oh, yeah, it, it, they did get me. Like, how does Kirby play into all this? Yeah, I love the that, whole movie feel of it, too. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the projector no, no, and no, stuff. No, I, I love the atmosphere of the whole thing. Yeah, and uh, that, that was the moment for me, too, where I went, oh, maybe it's not Bailey. Like, oh, my God, maybe I got yeah. this wrong. And, and in my head, I was going, I was like, oh. And I was already thinking, I was like, oh, there's going to be backlash about this boy. Like, people love Kirby. Like, this is going to be... Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they flip it on its head one last time. Uh, and I I said, to my, like, well done. And then when both ghost faces flank Bailey, uh, even though I'd kind of at that point gone, okay, I think I can piece together what's going mm-hmm. on here. Um, I was, again, really excited. It's not even about, like, it has to be that shocking for me. It just has to be done effectively. That's sort of yeah. where I stand. It's like, there's only a certain amount of people it can be in a slasher mm-hmm. So it, no matter who it is, I'm rarely going to be so shocked because it's like, well, it's one of these six people. And if it's one of those six people, I'm not going to be that surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, although Scream 2, I was pretty surprised by Laurie Metcalf. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was I thought it was really effectively done. Uh, you know, the climax is a little cheesy. Uh, there's, you know, there's portions of it that, you know, are, are you know, pushed a little bit. But again, I just ate it up. I just ate mm-hmm. it up. Take my money. Here's all my money. Let me see it again and again and again. It, it did one cardinal sin for me in terms of like a fight sequence is if I have a gun and you have a knife, I'm not running towards you. It bothered the heck out of me. Like they're on the, the Sam and Bailey were fighting on the, the parapet or whatever. She's out of bullets and he just charges her instead of shooting her. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, Bro, you're a police officer. Like of of the people that know the knowledge of like, hey, like bullets travel. Like that's it just bothered me a little bit. I'm like, of all the fine, have her get hit, have her hit in the shoulder, then like get close. You know what I mean? Whatever. I don't care. But like at least like have some common sense with that. But it's fine. A lot of movies do it, and it bothers me with that too. I can live with it. I really but, dug oh, that we saw that we saw two no, ghost ahead, faces charging her because we've never seen two ghost faces in full costume mm-hmm. going after somebody. This is the first movie to do it, and obviously, you know, there was a reveal that there's actually a third one in this case. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I did like that they changed it up a little bit and had more than uh, one or two people doing it. Mm-hmm. What would be yeah, fascinating in a future screen movie is if one of the killers gets killed, like in the middle of the movie, and then the other ones continue the. The trend like that would be so cool to see like an unveil in the middle of a screen movie like mm-hmm. radio silence if you're listening <laughs> i mean they kind of did in the well, front half of the movie right they did <laughs> the I mean, they weren't involved though that's what i'm saying like, yeah. i'd like to see one of the killers that were involved and then there'd just be one more clue for them to try to figure out maybe what the motives were or so forth but i loved it and then um uh tara and um sam sequence where Tara's hanging down and she's trying to pull her sister back up and Mm -hmm. finally decides to, you know, metaphorically and physically let go. It was really, really well done. Yeah. It got, it got me my, uh, yeah, I definitely had goosebumps. 
Um, you know, it's 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 the Chekhov's gun, right? You introduce it at the beginning. You have to let me go. I thought for a while near the beginning, I said, oh, is Tara going to die? And that's going to be the thing. You know, she's going to be like with her last breaths. It's okay. Let me go. Um, obviously, I was happier with this because, you know, I'm such a feel good sucker that I want I want everybody to be okay and happy after getting mercilessly stabbed, mind you. Right. Um, yeah, it just just really, really, really beautiful character moments. I, that's what I think, again, where this these this new movie excelled and this new trilogy is really killing it is really taking time to pause and have these nice character moments in a slasher movie. And I, again, that's yeah. why I think Scream stands above a lot of the others. And I think you had a, a good thought. At least I, I thought it was good. It was the, the John Hughes reference. It did feel like when they when we had personal moments, it didn't feel like a John Hughes movie, right? I mean, obviously mm. we're sunk into a horror film, but it did feel kind of... I didn't think about it until you talked about it, but I think that that's a... Well, I forgot to mention one of the tropes that they used really well in this that I thought wasn't used quite as well in Scream 5, which is all of the Billy Luma stuff in Scream 6. Yeah. is great. Mm -hmm. They They found a great way to use skeet and mm -hmm. very very well done and i like that she's kind of in his head like am i part of this guy's legacy or am i mm -hmm. my own person like mm -hmm. trying to and then she ends up putting on his ghost face costume was just knife so cool mm -hmm. so cool and the fact that he only lived in this one in the reflection of his own uh, thing I think was good. I, I I liked the um the use of him in the last one, but there was a part of me that, that was going, okay, well, what are the rules here of this? Like, mm -hmm. what's the extent to which he can come? And I had an issue in five. Sorry, Radio Silence. I love you guys. But I did have a glaring issue in five. At the end, when she's with Richie, and she's reaching for the knife under the curtain, and she looks up, and it's actually Billy that points it out to her. I remember mm -hmm. being in the theater going, well, hold on a second. If he's in her head and he's not real, how is he pointing out things that she can't see? Mm -hmm. I said that maybe almost she's... made it seem supernatural to me. Like a force ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe... And I was like, that, yeah. Sorry. Maybe she had seen it and just forgot. And that was her subconscious, you know, pointing it out to her. But you no, know, I did like Billy in five. I just thought, you know, in Scream Six, she is, she's on, you know, we, we assume she's on meds. She's seeking out the help and so forth. So maybe some medicine to help her with her visions and so forth so seeing it in the ghost face reflection i think just kind of shows her progress because this is now the only way that she kind of sees those memories and uh like i i this whole and i thought we were going to get a ghost face to stay alive i really did i thought i thought dylan was coming coming back and i think it'd be fun to see a ghost face in prison like all right, we're gonna go talk to this guy. Maybe he can help us solve the mystery and scream. Yeah, the Hamble Lecter thing. Yeah, yeah. That's why cool. I wish. Like, I wish there was a way. Like, the whole Stu thing fascinates me in a way because I think it would be cool to see that maybe Stu was behind everything, like the plotting Some of cool Scream Two, stuff. putting yeah. those two together, and you know, Roman. Roman went out a little bit on his own, and then. Scream four, you know, he helped Jill and so forth from prison and so on and so forth. And just being able to have that element of this is cool. We can go talk to Stu and find out why this is all pointing to the beginning. Yeah. I like the full circle of it. Uh I just, you know, and I, I could be convinced. I'm just curious what the logistics of it would look like. Um, but uh yeah, I agree. Like I thought that there would be some kind of a cliffhanger ending to this one. Um I, I you know, we've also never had I 
yeah, I'm 90. I'm, I'm, I think I'm right on this. We've never had a returning character be Ghostface. And I always thought that would be kind of interesting. I had my eye on Mindy a little bit coming into this one because in the fifth one, she's kind of cold about a lot of yeah. the deaths. You know, she's like, well, she could still die second or third killing. And I said, I could see her being like in this one going, they screwed up. Like, I'm going to perfect it. Like, I thought that mm -hmm. might have been a thing. Um, good. Yeah. But it would be tough after this one because I think they also kind of doubled down on her being, you know, really innocent and, and good. Mm -hmm. Like that scene with in the hospital when Gail is hurt and she goes, I don't want to get hurt again. I'm really scared. Um, it was a really sweet moment. And it would be kind of tough to see her become a brutal killer after that. But you mm -hmm. never know. You never know. Yeah, it, it will be tough to see her become a brutal killer. That's why I thought Kirby being the killer in Scream 6 mm. would have been fascinating because she is a returning character. See sure. if she was involved in the events of Scream 4 on any level. Mm -hmm. But uh, that good movie, guys. Like I, I said oh, it on my, my review on the scene snobs. It's a four and a half out of five. It is just so, so solid. I, I liked it. Like when I saw five for the first time, I wasn't a huge fan. I love that movie. Now I've come to really, really, really enjoy it. Cause again, they did different things in five that I wasn't necessarily ready for. And right. they, Oh my God, six, six, I think it's going to enhance my viewing of five going down the road too. Mm -hmm. Cause I really dug it. I mean, the motive was pretty much the motive from scream two, but it didn't matter right. because I was, yeah. I was still invested in the characters and, I liked the four of them very, very much. I didn't miss Nev Campbell for a moment, which I was shocked because yeah. he's been a part of my life for 20-some years now in these Scream mm -hmm. franchises. And I um, and she'll be back, I think. She'll be back. She'll be back. And I, I, yeah. I agree with Jesse. Make seven. Take some time off. Get some new horror creators maybe in 10 years. If you guys really mm -hmm. want to milk the Scream franchise, give me a third season to the first and second season of the uh, MTV show because I loved that cast and I would love to see it return. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, uh, I, I agree with basically everything you said. It's, uh, you know, I, 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 I have to watch myself because I have a tendency to blindly love things when I first see them. And the way I saw five too, like every theater in my province was closed. So my friend and I drove three and a half hours to a drive-in. There was no world where we weren't going to love the movie after we went through all that to see it. So I left five being like best movie ever. And I still love five. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and then I saw this one. I was like, it's even better than five. So I, you know, in a couple months, maybe I'll cool down a bit, but I'll tell you this. It at the very least is at worst. It's in the middle of my rankings, this one. Uh, and at best, it's really close to the top. Like, really oh, we're get, we'll get to your rankings in a yeah. second. Uh, Justin, uh, yeah. final thoughts? Uh, it, it was a good movie. I mean, I was more lukewarm on five than I think both of you. But, I mean, I'm not a big screen guy. I, I watch them. I enjoy them. But it's not like I don't have – I'm not in-depth with the fandom. Um, but I, I thought six was way better. I thought it was, it was a complete story to me. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'd say four out of five. It was good. Very oh, good. I'll yeah. check it out yeah. for sure. Uh it is my life. I saw Scream uh, 1 in theaters when it came out. I saw Scream 2 in theaters nice. when it came out. And 3, 4, 5, 6. Now my daughter is really into the franchise. So we so saw cool. 5 and 6 together. And we met Nev Campbell. And my daughter's nice. like, can I, she's my daughter's 15. She's like, can I say the F word when I see meet Nev? And I'm like, yes, of course you can. Like, I'm not going to tell her no because I know what quote she wants to get her to sign. 
And so she goes up there and Neb's like, what would you like me to write? And Kylie's like, can you please write Don't Fuck With the Original? And I'm like, that's my daughter. Like, that's my favorite. <laughs> and uh, we met Skeet Ulrich, who was super nice. Amazing. Super funny guy, too. Like, oh, my God. he. My daughter's like, I, I really like Riverdale. And he's like, I used to. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was real. I was right there with him when he, and he asked that question. That was real funny. That's so funny. Oh, that's so cool. That's so yeah, cool. He, he's like, I like the first two seasons, even though I was on four. <laughs> yeah, he, that show went a little off the rails. Uh, I'm like, that's honesty, though. Like, I appreciate yeah, the honesty. I didn't get sure. to meet Matthew Lillard because all their lines were super long, but. Matthew yeah. Lillard literally, as he's coming to his table, he shakes everybody in his line's hand as he's walking to the table. Yeah. And I thought that was just freaking so nice, so cool. But um, Super classy. Yeah, we're going to talk stream rankings. My stream rankings were very controversial when I posted them to uh, YouTube Shorts. Um, people mm -hmm. were outraged at me. A lot of dislikes. Uh, mine go one, four, mm -hmm. six, three, two, and I like them all. Like people, calm mm -hmm. down. I like them all. It's all various scales of the same degree, but um, mm -hmm. that's my rankings. And I think it's just because I've seen two so many times. Like yeah. I saw two a lot, and I think Scream Three is so underrated. And I want more people to check it out, especially now. There's a lot of stuff that uh, Wes Craven and was saying in that movie to kind of tell us about like how Hollywood works in some degree, and it ended it really up having a lot of foreshadowing. Yeah, during the Mean Too movement, like he made a movie about Weinstein that was produced by Weinstein in a way. And I just I, I found I find it that movie utterly rewatchable more and more as I watch yeah. it. I'm so mad when they killed Cotton Weary, but Scream 4 still to me has the best opening sequence. I loved everything about that. We get the stab trailer, the stab trailer, the stab trailer, and then the actual movie and i just right. scream scream six might surpass that as far as my favorite opening sequence but right now it's still four mm. uh yeah um well first of all i, I love them all i love every single one yeah. uh my ranking my rankings are different but i don't uh i don't disagree with anything you said um yeah i think again it's so tough like when I say coming in last, I, I don't mean it in any kind of really bad way. No, I really don't. Um, but yeah, I would, I mean, I would probably go with the majority. I would probably put three last because I just thought they went a little too funny. Um, but I they agree. Like, Jason and Bob kind of take you out of that movie a little bit. Yes. You know, and even like, like she's great in the scene, but like even the Carrie Fisher thing was like, oh, I'm not actually Carrie Fisher. Uh, the woman who slept with George Lucas got it. Like it was funny and everything, but. I was kind of like, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? And you know, like, they were like writing, Patrick, yeah, they, they were writing Warburg three on the fly. Like, they were they were yeah. writing it as a shot. So, yeah. Um. So yeah, threes in the rear, and then, man, that's just tough. From like one onwards to to three, they're all kind of jumbled. But I'll say five, four. Two, six, one, I think. So one, six, uh, I don't even remember what I'm saying now. One, six, uh, two, four, five, three. Yeah. I, I can't. Subject to change you. in the next 15 minutes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, lo I love them all. Like, I love them all. Mine shifts yearly. Scream two will be yeah. up there in the top three. Scream three will be up there in the top three. 
They I have not seen a lot of them in a long time, so I don't really want to give you a ranking. So go by Jason's or Jesse's. So like, I know six I liked a lot. I know number one's probably my favorite, just because it was the uh, the OG. But like everything else yeah, is kind so of a cascading number or whatever you want to pick. It's really choose, hard. Choose your best film. Number one as number one because we wouldn't have the rest of them without number one. And I've exactly. watched, I've watched one so many times in the last year. That um, mm-hmm. I watched them all. Like they're, they're dropping them now on 4K. So every time yeah. like the new one drops on 4K, I go back and watch them all to lead up sure. to the new 4K release. Right now we're waiting on Screen Three and Four to come out on 4K. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully we. Get I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, um, so Radio Silence, guys, you guys did a fantastic job. I want to thank everybody that tuned in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The likes on YouTube just continue to um, just be amazing and we can't appreciate everybody that checks us out any more than we do now um yeah that's all i got do thank you guys seven at all any theories or anything like that my only oh, my, yeah, only, my only theory right now is i think if we're going to have sam be bad and that's the, that's what they've been hinting at for a while right the, the mm-hmm. past two movies i think tara has to die she might be the opening scene or in the first like she's the thing tethering or be in a different country like literally be like a world apart and she comes back and brings the humanity back to Sam, right? Because I think uh-huh. that's kind of in my opinion, that's the only thing tethering her between her going full on ghost phase and not, right? Her only person she actually cares about if something were to happen or she were to leave. Like I know we said like in this movie it's like you have to let me go. Well is that uh-huh. the t- last tether of her not becoming a ghost face herself, right? Because like you saw her playing with the voice thing and like she was in the full get up in the end of the movie like and she seemed to really enjoy it and then she, her <laughs> evil yes, urges yes. stab that dude in the right in the eye you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i so wouldn't I, have, I wouldn't be surprised if sam is the opening kill no but i mean that works too uh seven because you know they're they're letting us know that this might happen and then them to take it off the table immediately in the movie I think mm-hmm. one would be shocking, kind of like a Cotton Weary in Scream Three, where we were. I was surprised that he was the first kill of that movie. Me too. And uh, well, maybe they kill Sam halfway through, like they make us think she's the killer, and then she dies. I just, I just think they've been alluding with her fighting it for two movies now, right? Either that needs to mm-hmm. pay off like heavily, or to your point, needs to end quickly. One of the two. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be the last movie of this trilogy, right? Of the with this grouping. The only reason I don't think that's going to happen, or at least not happen to the extent that we think it's going to happen, like I think they'll play with that um, a little bit in Scream 7. For sure. Make us think like, okay, yeah, she definitely could be possibly the killer and then subvert expectations. It's because we'd expect it. I think that they will do something that we won't expect using that. We've got to meet Sam and Tara's mom in Scream. That's where I was going. I said there's two characters that are off the board that have been mentioned, which is their mom and the dad that left. Mm-hmm. I think there's something that could that was that's my big theory going into seven is that one or two of those ghosts from the past have to kind of come out of hiding a little bit. Yeah. They uh man, they uh they fans, I love Scream fans so much, they are breaking down Scream One looking for the mom. Like uh, the sequence where Billy just got out of prison and uh, are out of jail, and then him and Sydney are talking, and she's like, yeah. "Your mom didn't die." 
there's a girl that walks by and Billy kind of just looks at her as she's walking by and they're like, that's Tara and her mom. mom. And then there's somebody at the party at the end that they're like, that could be it too. Maybe Tara's mom was involved in the killings. Well, I thought all kinds of freedom. Yeah. So I thought if we were going to have Sam be the ghost face, right? If if, if they break that tether or whatever, and she goes full bad, it's like Treen Seven could just be following Ghostface around. Like you know what I mean? We've gotten so used to like not not being behind the cover, but now the full film is her maybe getting revenge on something, right? Whoever, Mm -hmm. like, and it might be interesting to watch too. I don't know if people would like that. It was a thought. It could be Richie's mom. <laughs> she yeah, goes exactly. after Richie's the mom. last one left. The mom. The last one left. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna clean a whole family tree out real quick. Don't mind me. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's my thought. What about like you, Jesse? That. You said you had some theories. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 the really big one I had was uh, was about Tara's mom and um, Tara and Sam's mom and Tara's father that left uh, when Sam unveiled that news. Is, you know, is there a revenge plot in there? Is it, you know, um, I also thought, and this is based on a theory I read a while ago, is, you know, the families of the kind of the nameless victims, the ones that just kind of died, you know, in service of Sydney and Sam's story. You know, can we yeah. get, I, we just did a family revenge thing, but that was my thought kind of going into this one. I said, oh, it'd be cool if it was like, you know, um, I guess in the last one, like Liv's family or, um, uh, Vince, the guy who died at the bar, like you know that that no one that everyone kind of forgot about. Is there an yeah. anger there? Is there mm-hmm. something kind of fun there? Um, well, Vince is uh, Stu's nephew. Yes, Leslie Mocker. That's another person that they mentioned in five. She could come back. Yeah, she could. That would be fascinating. Like if they really play up the Stu angle in seven, mm-hmm. and maybe Stu's DNA shows up. They got to exhume the body and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But we're playing into that mystery of how it all connects. That would make sense mm-hmm. if uh, Stu's sister wanted to go after all of them. One for mm-hmm. killing her. Yeah, that'd be fascinating. That'd be a good be little tie at the beginning. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of fun directions they could go. I'm, I'm anxious to see. They've sort of hinted that the, those same two writers, uh, James and Guy, are, are working on it right now. Uh, I just hope Radio Silence signs on to direct it one more time. So we'll see. Yeah, because that's up in the air right now. Well. Yeah, for sure. yeah, I think so, yeah. They're about to do Escape from New York. That's why it's all up in the air because um, Paramount wants this movie out next year. Right, which will be super fun. Yeah, they'll do a yeah. good job. I wonder who they get to direct. Like, who do you get? Somebody said Kevin Williamson, but Kevin Williamson's never directed. Nor is he currently writing the Scream franchise anymore. Yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, I I think they're going to come back one more time to direct it. I, at the very least, they'll produce it. But if they don't direct it, I mean, didn't Kevin Williamson, didn't he direct? Uh, it, it wasn't too well received, but didn't he direct something called like Teaching Mrs. Tingle or something? I think Did he's he directed direct something that? before him. I thought he did. I think it's the one thing he ever directed. Uh, and then he never directed again. Um, Was that that? <laughs> I'm looking it up. I think he directed that movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, he'd be good. I mean, I'm sure there's, like, some, like, up-and-coming horror filmmaker that could really do a great job. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd personally like to see those guys do it one more time. Yeah, he did direct Teaching Mrs. Tingle back in 1999. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's the only thing he's ever directed. It is. It is literally the one thing. 
Yeah. But um, so. Jesse, thank you so much for the time of hanging out with us two weeks in a awesome. row, man. I'm rooting for you. I, I, when I saw you in Working Moms, I was like, I'm so glad oh, this yeah. guy's on the show. That's one of my favorite shows. What are the odds you're going to come back for that? Uh, well, okay. So what was the... You're still alive. The show's over now. I am still alive and working, moms. I've made it. Which, you know, when you're in scenes with uh, Anne or Danny Kind, you know, her anger problems, you never know what's going to happen. Dude, uh, Anne. But uh, the actress so who plays great. Anne is so beautiful and such a funny lady. I, man, I, I'm a huge fan of her. And even um, uh, Reitman, I can't think of her first name. She is Catherine. great. Catherine Reitman. She, yeah. she writes the show and, man. Yeah. It's 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 really it's a great group over there, and I only worked with uh, with Danny who plays Anne, and uh, I you know I've said to this day like in terms of people that I really got to spend time with because I would put like Jenna Ortega, and Amelia Jones in this category as well, but she's up there with like um, just the best actor I've ever worked with in terms of her process. And again, I'm sure there's many others that I, that I just didn't get to get such a close look at, but I got to see Danny do this crazy monologue that kind of encompasses her whole arc on the show. And she just nailed it every time. Yeah. I think season seven is the last season. If you haven't seen season seven yet, um, you'll see me pop up. Uh, you'll see me pop up one more time. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was super fun. I was glad I got to be on that show before they wrapped it up. Yeah. I can't wait for the new season to drop or the last season yeah. to drop. I'm very excited. I, I love that show mm -hmm. so much, but um, Jesse, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I want to see you. I want you to remake a John Candy movie. I think that it would be perfect. For I want to make the biopic. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, that'd be great. I got yeah, it. I'm, I'm ready. I got to introduce you to Jen or Chris Candy because they're such nice guys, people. John's oh, please. daughter and son. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I I'm such a massive happen. fan of, yeah, John Candy is my, my idol. So, um, you know, I, I auditioned to play Chris Farley last year and that was really fun. But, in my heart of hearts, I was like, this is not the one I'm right for. I'm right for, I think I'm right for, for John Candy. But uh, yeah, I, I love that. I love that man so much. I love his entire career. My dad got to work with him years and years and years ago and just said the nicest things. So, hey, um, if they ever want to do it and they have any interest in me, I'm 100% down. Awesome. Everybody yeah. follow Jesse at Jesse1115115 on Twitter. Yeah. And what's your uh, Instagram again? Jesse J D Camacho. Um, yeah, you'll you'll get some fun. Uh, you'll just get me giving hot takes on Scream and Survivor if you follow me on Twitter. That's really uh, lost too, right? You're and lost, lost yeah. yes, and lost. Yeah. That documentary yeah, comes out next year. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, they need to get you on the documentary as a fan. I'm ready. I'm ready. Man, Jesse, if you got on uh, a lost set, man, I would have to stalk you on that stage. <laughs> I'd, I'd be out there I with binoculars. <laughs> like I, man. man, when I when Lost was out, I I listened. That's when I started listening to podcasts. I listened to all mm -hmm. the Lost podcasts because I was so into it. Like I that's can't it. even express how into it I was. I'm still that like into it. And we just well, lost. Damon uh, and Carlton had a podcast. Yeah, uh, the creators. That was so much fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And getting to meet and work with Carlton after was like, that was crazy. That was so surreal. That was so Again, surreal. everybody, check out Jesse. You can see him on Lock and Key, Working Moms, and Scream 6. 
his line's funny. Check it out. You can see him at the party scene, like right around the time when they're on the stairs. So from all of us at Three Geeks Podcast, guys, have a great day. Thanks, Thank you for having me. Of course.